Well, it's good to be saved. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I've got a hope. I'm going to be moving out of here one of these days to a better place. Well, it's good to be in church tonight. I want to say thank you to the church, y'all. Uh, you've been great, great host. Brother, Brother Tracy and Sister Puckett, I really... Uh, I have really enjoyed this week being with you folks. It's uh, it's been a joy, and uh, I just feel like I've got some new friends. That's right. And uh, thank you, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for having us down, trusting me with this pulpit, uh, brother Puckett. We have a little. We have a little church up, I don't know, it's 30, 40 minutes from Pigeon Forge. I know, I've already heard y'all go up there all the time. So you're going to have to come by and visit with me one of these days. We'd love to have you, and I promise you we'll, we'll try to make you feel at home. Well, it's been a good week for me. Man, the preaching's easy behind this pulpit. It is. A lot of, had a lot of liberty this I'm I'm kindly an old man. I know I don't look it, but I'm 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 kindly an old man. I'm I'm sixty seven years old. And man, I used to really get in a big way. And I've kindly got a little touch of that back this way. I, I don't know. It's just it's just liberty here. And I, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for that. Well, um, I know I've preached to the church all week. Brother, Brother Puckett, I, I bet you was hoping we'd see four or five or 10 or 12 saved, and I'd like to too, but we just have to obey the Lord. Amen. That, that's all we can do, and that's what I've tried to do this week. I've tried with my... with. As sincerely as I possibly could. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable for me to obey. Last night I felt like I was almost taking the role of pastor when I had them come around and shake hands. I, but I, I truly was trying to obey the Lord. And I, I, I did know that's a little abnormal. And I certainly didn't, didn't want to be out of line. But uh, I wanted to be obedient. I want to be a help to you. I, I know we shouted out sometimes, swing from chandeliers, as we say, and I like that. But the old timers used to say this, you can't sow seed when the wind's are blowing. <laughs> and there's they something to be said for that. Uh, there, there truly is. But I sure do like it when we just shout it out. It's, it's good. Amen. Well, tonight I'm going to be in Revelation chapter number three. The week has went by so fast for me. I just, let me say again, I appreciate all the hospitality, the good room, and y'all have received well, and I've, uh, I just kind of feel at home down here. I, I really do, and so I, I appreciate that, and I'm thankful for that. Now, I'm going to pray. My manner is, here's how most preachers do it. They read a text, then they pray, and then they preach. I pray first. 
because sometimes the reading is the best part of my messages. So I have to be real. I'd like to get God on it before I read. And so that, that kindly is where I'm coming from. So if you would tonight pray with me and for me. And let me say this. You may think we've just come together just to have a meeting, but the Lord wants to do something tonight. And I know it's the last night of the meeting, and maybe some of you like to hurry and get out, and you might be disappointed, I don't know, but uh, we need to obey the Lord tonight. I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your place in life, but the Lord does. And I can't help you tonight. If you, if all you hear is me, then you've not heard much. But if some way the Holy Ghost can take my feeble effort and open your heart, speak to your heart, then you'll get some help. We need the Lord. That's what I'm trying to say. I've said it all week. I say it every Sunday to our to our folks up there and every, wind, every time we meet just about, we need him. Yes. We, we, we can't work it up. I can't work it up or prime it up. We just need God. That's right. And so please pray with me and for me tonight that God will use me in the way he wants to and that he'll do the work in, in our midst tonight that needs to be done. Our dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I I come to you this evening and I thank you for the many blessings of life for this good week that I've had and for these new friends that I've met. And Father, for this church and this good pastor and his wife, their family, I pray, Father, you, you give them a double blessing for their kindness to me. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to pass by this way and for our past the cross. And now, Father, we want you to do a work. We're a needy people. We need you, Father. We need you to speak to our hearts and do what needs doing. Oh, God, please meet with us for a little while this evening. Open our hearts to receive. Help us not to be just hearers, but help us to be doers of your word. Please touch me. Give me clarity of thought and speech. And do what needs do and remove any hindrances that might hinder the working of the Holy Spirit. And Father, whatever's done, we know it's you. We'll give you the glory for it and the credit for it. You must increase and I must decrease. I will be done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 I want to, I'm going to do something just a little different. I, I hope I don't lose you in this process, but I, I, want to, I want to share just a few things with you. Here's the burden on my heart tonight. Why hold your place in Revelation 3, but we're going to turn just, just a little bit. Why is it it seems the work of the Lord is not being done? We, we, we see folks come and they go and they never seem to grow and never seem to mature. We see sinners come in and they leave and many times they, they, do, they 
are never saved. We, we look at a world that mocks the church. It's like we're a joke in the world. And, and I, I ask myself this question, why is that? And maybe there's a multitude of answers for that. I'm sure there is. But I, I think one of the things maybe uh, that's happened to us, uh, I want to be careful how I say this. I, I'm afraid we have minimized our part in the work of the Lord. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to I make three or four little truths real and then I want to just give you a short message if, if the Lord be willing. In Ephesians chapter two, very familiar passage. I want to read verses eight through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. He, we are his workmanship. I want you to stop and think about that. If you're saved, you're his workmanship. Now notice what else it says. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're created unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now here's what we say many times and understand what's being said. We say when we get saved, we've got everything and he didn't get anything. And that's right. In one way of looking at it, that's right. But I, I want you to look at this text. It seems to say to me that when we get saved, we get salvation and a Savior. But it seems to say to me too that he ought to. I'm not saying he always does, but he ought to get a servant. I think it's two-sided. We get something, but he ought to get something. He ought to get a servant uh, that's ordained to walk in good to walk in good works. Now, I want to turn to Titus. If you would look with me in Titus chapter three. Now, I want you to know. You're looking at a preacher that knows it's not of works. Salvation's not of works. We saw that in verses eight and nine where we just read. And so we're talking about service tonight. So in Titus chapter uh, number three, I want to look at a few verses. Uh, let me see. Long, chapter two, I'm sorry, verse 14. Chapter two and verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Now listen at this part. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. In other words, when he saves us, if we're right, and when we get saved, we are right initially anyway, 
when we get saved, there is something inside that makes us want to do something for God. And if you're sitting on the pews tonight and you're saved, there ought to be something in your heart that says, I want to do something for God. That, That word zeal carries the idea of a passionate pursuit of anything. A passionate pursuit. We could probably, we could probably put some other words with that. Maybe uh, uh, wholeheartedness might be a good word. Wholeheartedness. And so I think there's several things we can say. But the one thing we ought to say when he saves us, we ought to be an odd pe- peculiar people. And the peculiar part is we want to do good works. And so I want you to see that. But then I want you to look down in chapter three and verse number eight. Notice what it says here. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Now here's what he's saying. I I will that thou affirm constantly. I mean, it has to be said again and again and again and again and and after a while again and again. Has to be said again. That thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. In other words, not only should we have a zeal of good works and a desire, zealous of good works, but we should should be careful that we don't lose that desire and that we maintain good works. Now that's what the Bible says. Would y'all agree with that? Now we're going to Revelation 3 and maybe y'all know where I'm headed ahead of time, but I want to lay some groundwork here. We need to be careful to maintain. Here's what happens if you're not careful when the new wires off and, and the novelty of being a Christian wears off, the work becomes a labor. And if we're not careful, we will not maintain the good works we started with. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's so important that he mentioned it again in verse number 14. And let ours also learn to, here's our word, maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. Now, if the Bible says it once, that's enough. But when he says it twice, he's really trying to place emphasis on what's being said. And so here we see, I'm just trying to establish a few little truths. First of all, we see it's salvation, we become a son of God, but also a servant of God. We're servants. And I could just take that and run with it. The, the, The unprofitable servant, you could talk about that for a little bit. Uh, But we're servants and we're a peculiar people and we're zealous of good works, but we must be careful to maintain good works. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 will teach you this, that we're ambassadors of Christ. That means we represent him in his absence. What, What we're to do is what he would do if he was walking on earth. What we're to say is what he would say and how, what, what we're to occupy our time with is what he would occupy his time with if he were here on planet Earth. Now, 
Here's what I want to ask you. Are we doing that? Are we, are we doing that? And so we, we, we could go on. You say, preacher, why are you going to make a big deal out of this? Let me read to you in Luke. I won't ask you to turn by. I've jotted this verse down. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Now, there's a lot of folks who shout it out with you. There's a lot of folks that'll eat Sunday dinner with you. There's there's a lot of folks that'll do a lot of things around the church, but there's not many laborers. If the Bible's right, and it is right. That's right, the Bible says this, there's, there's not many laborers. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And so we see some, some, some other truths. There's a great harvest. Now here's what we say. It don't seem like there's a great harvest. We're not seeing a whole lot of reaping. I wonder if we're doing much sowing. You can't reap until you sow. That's exactly right. I, I'm afraid we want to harvest without the workload. I, I'm just telling you, and I, this ain't what I'm preaching. I'm just setting, setting some things in order. There's a great harvest. We're not seeing much of a harvest, but if we believe the Bible, we have to believe there's great harvest. Now, maybe the reason we're not seeing the great harvest is identified in the text because there's few laborers. Now, when I say that, I I just want us to take inventory and examine our lives. And I want to ask you this, how much laboring have you been doing for the Lord? It's just something to think about. All right, let's let's go on. Let Let me say a few other things here. Okay, so we see why, why, uh, why is this thing of being careful to ma- be zealous and to be careful to maintain good works? Why is that important? Because the, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. And also in John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. Could, could I just say this? Time is short. I'm 67 years old. What if I live to age 80? Don't think I will, but what if I do? I've got 13 years. Man, that's nothing. I'm going to turn around and that's going to be, that's going to be gone. I mean, I remember just being, seemed like yesterday I was just a kid at the house. Here I am, an old man. And really, I, I don't have much time left. Time is short for me. If I'm going to do anything, I I better get to doing it. And the fact of the matter is, if you believe we're in the last, I I believe we're in the last days of the last days. I believe that with all my heart. I believe the Lord, I told our church, and you may think I'm just saying this, I think the Lord may come this year. I mean, if we just have that little peace treaty that Daniel talks about, it could be, it could be. That'll usher in the tribulation period. Israel's in war right now. All, all we have to do is have the right, the right peace come, and this thing's over. Here's, here's what I'm saying to you. Time's short. 
That's why we need to be zealous and maintain. Be sure, be sure we don't get cold on this idea of maintaining good works. Now let me say again, I'm, I'm very hesitant to preach on this because I don't want you to think I'm preaching the work salvation. I'm talking about service. All right. And so we, we lay the groundwork that there's great harvest, there's few labors, time is short. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, you may think this won't tie with our text, but it will in just a minute. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. You run with the wrong crowd, it's gonna corrupt your behavior. Now that's just the fact of, here's what some people say, it won't. Well, what you're really saying, the Bible's wrong. The Bible's not wrong. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You run with the wrong crowd and you're gonna find yourself doing what you ought not do. Amen. Mom and dad, you better heed that when you're raising your children. Be sure they're running with the right crowd. Amen. But we're gonna see in a minute may affect us as well. Now let me say this, what are we to do? What type of work are we to do? Well, I think, I think in a nutshell, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it, we're to carry out the Great Commission. I don't know where you fit in that, but you need to find your place in carrying out that work. Here, here's what, here's, let me ask you this. Let me say it this way. I'll get to the message, just bear with me just a minute. Here, here's, here's, here's what happened to me as a boy. Sometimes mom and dad would uh, want to go somewhere. And they'd say to me, son, while I'm gone, here's what I want you to do. Now I want to tell you, if I didn't do it, I was in trouble. When they come back, if I didn't do what they told me to do, I was in trouble. Now here's what happened one day. Jesus getting ready to ascend. And he said this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He gave us our marching orders. And here's what he said to do. He said, you just preach the gospel, not crawl in the hole and hide, wait on me, be on the offensive, preach the gospel to every creature. And and then he's gone. Here's what he said, I'm going away. Here's what I want you to do. And I'll be back in a little while. That, that's really what happened. Amen. And so we know what we're given to do. And you have to find your place in that. What, what God would have for you to do in that carrying out of the Great Commission. Now, having said that, I want to go to Revelation 3. I, I just wanted to lay a few little truths before we go to our text this evening. And I guess... I guess you know where I'm headed tonight. I, I want to preach on this for just, just maybe a few minutes this evening. Beware of Laodicea. Yes, sir. Beware of Laodicea. Now here's what I said. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now in chapter two and chapter three of the Revelation, we see the seven churches, and I think most of y'all know this, most of you Bible students know this, that represents seven periods of the church age. Laodicean being the last period of the church age. 
And it ending with Christ on the outside of the church knocking to get in. They, the, when the one world church comes on the scene, my, where he's out. He, he's, there's no place for him. Matter of fact, we about left him out now anyway. That's right. We've left him out. And so we, we understand that's the last church age. Now within each age, when we say Laodicean, we can take the characteristics of the Laodicean church and say that's the primary characteristics of the church as a whole during that age. I don't know if I lost you on that, but understand what I'm saying. And you can, you can find Philadelphian churches in the Laodicean church age, but primarily the characteristics of the Laodicean church age, uh, primarily that's how the church is during that period. Okay. I kind of want to get that uh, out of the way. And so as we we look at, here's my thought. If evil communications corrupt good manners and most of the churches are Laodicean and we're surrounded by Laodicean churches day and night, then there is a pressure a influence, I don't know what the right word would be, but there is something that will be pushing us towards a Laodicean mentality. Does that make sense to y'all? Are y'all with me so far? And so here's what I'm thinking. We're being influenced by the Laodicean church in the day we live. And so, having said that, I want to look in verse number, well, let me just read verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Now, I want to stop right there and I want to say he knows our works. He's interested in our works. We're, we're, to be a zeal, we're to be zealous of good works and we're to be careful to maintain those works and we know why, because of the labors, because of the harvest, because the time is short. We understand all, all those things. We know what we're to do. But I want you to understand this. He knows what you're doing. And let me say this, you wasn't saved to be idle, spiritually speaking. God has a work for every one of us to do. From the smallest to the oldest, God, if you're still on planet Earth, there's something you can do for the glory of God. If you're sitting idle, you're not what God wants you to be. You've got to get a hold of that. Oh my, I'm afraid we're convinced ourselves we're working and doing for God and we're just playing around. I believe that might be so. You see, we, we have an influence from Laodicean churches that's around us and there, there's a tendency. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And if we're not careful what they're doing, we'll start doing. Amen. I'm not, 
I don't know anything. I love it. I love not knowing anything. Thank you, Brother Tracy, for not telling me anything. So, the Lord, the Lord knows their works and he knows your work. Now, let, let, let's, maybe this is more like a lesson than a message, but I, this will help us, I think. He said, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. Now, we call that lukewarm. Not cold, not hot. Now, here's what that says to me. They're not totally out of the way. There are some works they're doing. They're not cold. They still have a little interest. But really, they're not their their heart's not in it. They're, they're, they're lacking a little bit. They're, they're not where they ought to be, but they're doing enough to satisfy their conscience. Neither, neither cold nor hot. They're not, they're not quit. They're in, they're, they're in the work but it's a casual work. And I want you to notice what the Bible says. I know y'all, I know this is a familiar text. The Lord says this, I would thou work cold or hot. That, does that not hit you kind of odd that he'd rather you be cold as lukewarm? Yeah, come on. Oh, come on. Now stop and think about that. Why would that be? Can I tell you what I think? I think lukewarmness deceives us into thinking we're hot. We're lukewarm and we feel good. You know what Paul said one day? He said this labored night and day. That unprofitable servant, he worked all day and you'd think he could get a little supper, but he had to come in and cook supper for the Lord or for his Lord. I, I think sometimes and maybe because we've been raised in the, a society of ease and maybe not, not being taught how to work like we are. By the way, parents, let me say this. Teach your children how to work. My, don't teach them how to play Game Boy. I don't know what they call the games now, but I call all of them Game Boys. Little boys play games. When I become a man, I put away childish things. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible says. I'm afraid we got a lot of men and men's little boys in men's bodies. Here's what I'm saying, mom and dad, teach your children how to work. They're gonna need that in life. And so here, here he is, and so then, because they aren't lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. By the way, let me read some of these verses to you. I was about to skip, skip by how do, what, what intensity or with what consecration does God want you to serve him? That's my question. Here's what Ecclesiastes says. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy mind. I mean, if you're a singer, you're to sing and work at that and do it with all your might for the glory of God. Now, is it, do you think that's right? And my, we could look in Colossians 3 and 23, whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not unto men. 
The, here's what the Lord wants. If you're gonna serve him, and we're supposed to, he wants you to give it everything you have. That's right. And I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. This is my burden this, this evening. I'm afraid we think we're doing when really we're not doing much at all. I'm afraid we're not giving it all our might. I'm afraid we're not after sinners like we ought to be. I'm afraid we've got seniors that just give a half-hearted effort. I'm afraid there's preachers that just have a job and that's all it is. And they're after an income. And we wonder what's wrong. I'm telling you, we're lukewarm today. Oh my. And we don't realize it. We're Laodicean, we're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, yet we're wretched and blind and miserable and poor. Oh, friend, wake up. Wake up tonight. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we've missed it. And we don't realize it and we wonder what's, what's going on. And we wonder where God is. He said, if you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. Now, I don't, you can't lose your salvation. We know that. But you can have broken fellowship. I think that's what he's saying. We wonder where God is, why God hadn't showed up, why we can't get anywhere with God. It may be because we're a bunch of lukewarm believers. I'm preaching to myself tonight. As far as that goes, I want you to know I'm preaching to us. Hey, you know what they said about the 12? They turned the known world upside down of their day. You know, I've got a church of about 80 people, and we can't even turn our county upside down. They turned the world upside down with 12. What's wrong? I'm gonna tell you, church, I'm afraid we're lukewarm and don't realize what we are. And I'm afraid the Lord has broken fellowship with us because we're playing church. We're playing at what he gives us to do. Here's what I do at our place with our singers. If you don't practice, you don't sing. Now here's what you might say. That's a little harsh. Well, here's what I say. I want you to be serious about serving God if you're gonna have a part in the service. I believe that's right. I don't wanna listen to a half-hearted preacher. I want somebody serious about serving God. I want somebody that's gonna labor night and day, study of a night and preach of a day, work of a day and serve God at night, however it is, whatever it is. My, we need some folks we need some folks that's gonna labor and be careful to maintain good works in their life. You know that's right. My, the Lord declares they're lukewarm and he can't take it. He's not gonna fool with a lukewarm crowd. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. This is Friday night, you're in church, I know that what God gave me to preach. Now I could have got something real sweet and, and, and dripping with honey, spiritually speaking, but it's what God told me to preach. Now, 
Are we lukewarm? I, I'm afraid to say in my life there's been times of lukewarmness. I'm embarrassed to say that to y'all. I'd like for y'all to think I've just got saved and God dealt with me and I just lived dedicated and consecrated my whole life. Can I tell you, I've had times of lukewarmness in my life. And God has broken fellowship with me. And all that time, I was going to church, sitting on the church pew. And I was lukewarm. And I thought I was still doing and being what I ought to be. Some way I had gotten blinded and I looked out in the community and those that I knew in my, my sphere of age and my, my place in life, I was doing as good as they were doing. In fact, I might have been doing better and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, man, if that's what they're doing, look where I'm at. But here's what I want to say to you. We don't measure ourselves by the world. We measure ourselves by the word of God. Let the word of God tell you where you're at. Oh my. Now here's how it is. I'll be careful. Here's the world. Here's the church. Here's where God wants us to be. Now here's what we do. We find out where the, where the world is and we get a little better than the world. Now we don't, we, don't get, we don't get right with the book. Now here's what's happened in our day. The world slipped away and we slipped away. That's right. And here's what we do. We look at the world there and we say this, we're serving well. We're doing right. We're pleasing God. We're not like them. But the fact of the matter is we're not right here. That's right. And here's what I want to say to you tonight. Let's, let's be sure. Let's be sure we're lined up by the word of God. That's right. Don't, don't let the devil. And the only way you can be lined up by the word of God if you're doing what God wants you to do with all your might. Now here's what I want to ask him. We'll, we'll go on. I'll look at a few other little things. But really, this is the burden of my heart. Are you doing what God wants you to do with all your might? Or if we're going to be honest, would we have to say, preacher, I, I'm just a little bit on the lukewarm side. That's embarrassing to have to admit that, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be? You, you know, if I was to right now say, those of you that's lukewarm come down here to the altar, I probably wouldn't have a soul come. You know why? It's embarrassing. Here we are on Friday night in God's house and, and the cream of the crop. And that's what's sad. This thing has infiltrated the good churches. And they're caught up and they think they're doing great things, but they're not giving it all they've got. Can I say, and I'm, I'm preaching to me and to the Ridgeview Baptist Church, 
we're not giving it all we've got. We've not even turned our community upside down, let alone, let alone our county. You start serving God and you'll stir the devil up outside there. Brother, Brother Tracy is telling about y'all preaching on the street and this one getting upset and that one getting upset. That's what happens. That's what happens when you sell out for God. And I, I know in this, in this auditorium there's folks sold out doing everything they can. Giving every, every bit of energy and time and, and, and no doubt giving financially and doing all they can do. But here's what I think. I think we're living in Laodicean church age. Amen. It's an age of lukewarmness. And there's pressure, subtle pressure on us. We don't even realize it. Subtle pressure on us that's moving us away from being a zealous to a half-hearted work for God. Now what do you think? Is there any... Is there any truth to that? Here's what you've got to say. Is the preacher telling it right? Or is he just overstating things? I did give you scripture. I gave you the word of God. And so we see. Here's And now, God's looking. You can fool me. You can fool your pastor. But you can't fool the Lord. You can't fool him. He's looking. He knows. He knows if it's half-hearted or if you're so you're you're doing everything you can in his work. And so here's what he says, verse 17. Let me go on, finish this little text, and I'll be through tonight. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods, notice this, and have need of nothing. That's where we're at tonight. That's where we're at. Nobody has a need. You, they don't even know who they are. Have need of let me, let me finish my text. My, I just want to. Because thou sayest I'm rich and increase goods and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They didn't even know who they were. Church people didn't even know who they were. Now here's what we do. We knock doors in our little community and we'll knock on the door and it may be a man shacked up with a woman and we'll say this, sir, do you know if you died tonight? Are you sure you'd go to heaven? And can I tell you what they say? 99 times out of 100. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm ready to go. No change of life, no new nature. Live and maybe live that way for 20, 30 years, but if they die, they'd go to heaven. Can I say, when you get saved, you become a new creature in Christ Amen. Jesus. They, they think they're saved, but they're, they're not saved. I see Christians who are so proud of who they are and what they're doing, and they're not doing anything. I believe that spirit of Laodicea has crept in. I know it has at my place. And I believe it has across our land because evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, 
What's the answer? What do we do? Here we are. We've identified a potential problem. And, and maybe there's a lot of other problems. It may be the reason we're not doing anything. We have some folks that's not saved that's in the church. That's possibility. I, I don't know. I, here's what I think. I think this is a good church. I, I've been right here and I've, I've, I've ate with your pastor every day and his wife and I've been in service with y'all. I think y'all are real. I believe that. I'm not just saying that. I believe that. But we can be deceived. That is possibility. And some, some may be. That may be the problem. But what is the remedy for those who, those who just say, preacher, it, it has got a little dull to me. It, there was a time when I was more excited about the work of the Lord. There was a time when I was more zealous. I was more fervent. I was more on fire. I was more enthusiastic. I was more wholehearted. I was more excited. Whatever, whatever the word you want to put in for zealous to help you understand. There was a time, but it's, preacher, in all honesty, it's got a little, little dull to it. Now, if you've, you've never been there, you've not been saved too long because that happens to us. We do have flesh. And, and we can camouflage that. It's easy to camouflage. You go to church enough, you know how to say it, what to say, and when to say it, and do all the right things. Is that not right? Amen. We, we learn that. And I understand that. But here's... Here's what the Lord's saying in verse 18. And I'll just, I, I'm not going to preach on that. But I just want to say to you in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Yeah. I believe that's, that's true works. If you go to 1 Corinthians 3 and look at the materials, wood, hay, and stubble, and gold, silver, precious stones, that seems to imply to me good works, true works. You know, a lot of times I think we do what, what the brethren expect us to do instead of what God wants. I know it's quiet in here tonight, but this is just what he gave me. I don't know what to say other than what he said, said for me to say. And then he said white raiment. I, I would say that, that, that'd line up pretty well with holiness, wouldn't you? I think it would. I, I, I've never seen a time that God's people's as worldly as they are today. We're just a worldly crowd. I mean, evil communications, I guess. And anoint thine eye with eye salve. Can I just say this? If you really want to evaluate yourself, use the word of God. It'll give you a clear picture of who you are and where you are. Now I'm preaching, preaching to the choir tonight, the best of the best. I would say if the preacher would be honest with me, the best of the best of his members are sitting on the pews tonight. Friday night, church service, you know what Friday night is, payday, go gross, all them things. I've been around long enough, here's what we'll have meet, we'll have a good crowd 
good crowd Monday through Thursday. Friday night, though, that's payday. I know y'all the cream of the crop. But can I, can I just say this? I, I, I wonder if maybe a little lukewarmness has slipped into all our lives. I wonder. I wonder if verse 19 wouldn't be the key. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore. Be zealous. There's our word zealous again. Be zealous of what? Be zealous and do what? Repent. Here's what you do. Here's the answer. God, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm sorry. If you'll help me, I'm going to go your way. Aren't you glad we can repent? I repent every day. I repent on a regular basis. That's right. You know you're saved because you repent when you get saved and you repent every day thereafter. That's right. And so here's, here's my little thought. And I'm through tonight. This is what God gave me to say to you. If you're lukewarm, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just repent? Why, why don't we just say, God... I'm sorry, and you're right. And the fact of the matter is, we're probably all fighting that Laodicean spirit because that's the age we're living in. Has God, it's, and listen, what I say, doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. Well, what the Holy Ghost speaks to your heart about, you, you all take heed to that. Now, if we look on down, I understand there's a church there's a church, uh, this is a church passage, but he's standing at the door knocking to get into the hearts. Maybe you're here and lost tonight, never been saved. Can I say, God wants to save you. He's, he's knocking on your heart wanting to get in. How about it tonight? Here's, here's what I want to do. I'm going to bow and pray. Then I'm going to turn it over to the preacher tonight. And let him close it out however he sees fit. Father, I pray this evening you would take this message. And Lord, I ask if you would to seal it to the hearts of your people. And oh God, I've, I've tried to be obedient. And I know, Father, this, this is not traditional revival preaching. But God, it's what you put on my heart. I've tried to obey you. Speak to your people. Do what needs doing. Bless this church and this good pastor. And Father, if there's one here that's lost, speak to his heart. And may something have been said that would convict and draw him to you. Have your way and get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.